Well, welcome to Willow Park Church, and I'm delighted that you're here with us on this Mother's Day. I believe that there is a gift for every mother as you leave, or anybody of a female gender. As you leave, you, it's there. I believe that it is the greatest gift that we can give you, chocolate. And so, uh, so it's there for you, and so please take that and enjoy. And and realize that, you know, you are loved, that we want to bless you. Uh, wasn't that great, that little clip of all our kids? Wasn't that amazing? Uh, I mean, I just love that uh, little lad that said his mother looked 28. I mean, she paid him. And, um, <laughs> no, not really, but it was beautiful. And um, it was an amazing, uh, amazing tribute. And everything's fantastic. Um, you may notice that we are adjusting our services just a little bit because uh, just for this season, I'm uh, moving on to preach down at our South Campus and uh, support them at this time. So uh, the response at the end of the message, so the message is coming up in a moment, uh, the response at the end of the message is that we've created a little extra time with a few more songs to respond and to worship and allow what the Lord speaks to you through the preaching of his word uh, to make a difference in your life. I know there's been a little bit of confusion on that and parents have been going and picking up their children just that um, on the hour and so on. So just so you know, uh, this is the sermon. Then there's some worship, which gives you opportunity to really respond. And then there will be a benediction. So uh, you're aware of that. But what great news on this great weekend that God and late, they raised uh, close to $34,000. That is fantastic. And uh, we are... We're excited about that and we're blessed by that because so many children and young people are going to give their lives to Christ right the way through this valley. Through the many camps, but of course we pray and support Godham Lake and just know what God is doing there. A little bit of news, there isn't a family camp on that weekend announced. That was a shift that has happened since we filmed the, um, the newsreel with Curtis and his tuna sandwich. Uh, they're just stepping it up. Last week, Joel, now I'm scared for the next one. So, so uh, just so you know that and you're aware of that. We've been working our way through teaching verse by verse, in fact, word by ver- word, the whole issue of the armour of God. And um, we've been talking about life is a battle. We are in the middle of a battle, but we actually believe that God can bring us through that battle and we know who has won the victory. And maybe you don't fully realise this. Maybe you've come this morning and you're carrying grief, you're carrying pain, you're carrying difficulty in your life. And I, I know so many of us do. And the world is a battle. The globe, as we look around, we see the pain and the agony. For me, when I became a Christian, I realized that there was something so wonderful and so profound about the reality that I had now Christ. And when Christ comes to you, you get a firm footing in your life. Here's the verse we're lingering on. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 Uh, It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We talked about integrity, doctrine, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. And of course, every 
um, Sunday morning at 8.30 in the uh, Hope Center. There is a theological class doing a Bible overview of good theology. And you can fit right in there and go to that and get an understanding of, of what you might know how everything fits together. Buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Knowing that we have received righteousness because it is a gift. We were in rags, but now we've been dressed in priestly robes. That may sound strange to those who aren't Christians here, but it means that I was filthy and dirty and carried a lot of shame and guilt in my life. But the day I met Jesus, you know what? He made me clean. He changed it. It completely changed my life. And we receive righteousness, but of course also we act righteously. We pursue righteousness. It's these three things that work together with righteousness. That's why we run in count of God. Because we pursue to become inner transformation of our inner man. So we deal with the garbage and the rubbish and the sin in our lives and find freedom in Christ. So we receive it, we pursue it, and it is an action. And when we live that way, it pushes back the darkness that exists within the world. And with your feet fitted with the readiness. Last week's message was about the readiness of the gospel. Last week's message was about being ready to go out, to share, to speak, to show God's love. This week, I want to linger on something about the firmness. The peace of the gospel brings a firmness within our lives. Let me explain it like this. When you become a Christian and you invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, you receive a firm footing for life. In other words, you can trust that gospel that saved your life. You received a firm footing that you can hold on to, that it's with you. And let me tell you something, in the global world that we live in, with the changes and the shifts, with what is taking place, and we hear of the horror in the Middle East, um, just this last week, of course, we know about the heart of how evil man can become with another massacre of 300 people. We see what takes place today is VE Day, remembering... Uh, Millions that died in the Second World War and the end of that horrific war, of course. We know what humanity is capable of on a local level, on a national level, and on a global level. And you may step back and say, where can I find a firm footing? Where can I find a real answer? I'll tell you where, as you look at the evil forebodings around us, when you see the dark clouds rolling in, you can find a firm footing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He will not fail you because he is the Prince of Peace. I was in Saskatchewan and you know how I love Saskatchewan. Um, I was fishing out there, brilliant. It was the place that particular time I was speaking at a youth camp. I was in a Saskatchewan lake. I fell out of my uh, canoe. Do you remember me telling you that story? It was great. I stood up because the lakes are quite small. And, 
And one afternoon, I was wandering around the camp and I'd driven across with Emily had gone with me. My godson, Tom, had gone with me. Uh, he's a little English lad. And my other boy, Josiah, and we'd driven all the way across Highway 1. You've done it many times. Come on. What a beautiful sight Medicine Hat is in the middle of the wilderness. And so I was got to my beautiful province of Saskatchewan. And this particular afternoon, I was wandering around and sirens started going off everywhere. I thought, what's going on? Is, has America invaded? What's taking place? And I'm looking around and, and people are running everywhere. And I'm saying, what's the matter? And they're saying, there's a tornado coming. Wow. This is cool. And, and so I looked around and I noticed that speedboats were trying to get off the lake. The, uh, the, the wind was picking up. There was a change in the atmosphere, in the pressure. And I went down to the beach with the kids and we looked around and there was, we pulled boats in and you could see on the horizon these dark, menacing clouds. I think for some of us, that's exactly what we feel the world is like in our personal life and in our life. We feel the menacing clouds coming towards us. And so I stood there. We watched this. I don't know if you've ever been in this experience. And then somebody stood next to me and went, are you enjoying this? I said, well, it's kind of kind of cool. I'm a little terrified. He said, you've got nothing to worry about. I said, oh. He said, strangely, I work for the ministry in Saskatchewan and I'm an expert in tornado watching and warnings and I work for the weather bureau. I said, oh, that's amazing. I, I wonder whether he was an angel or something. And, and he, I, he said, would you like to go to a better spot to observe this and I'll explain it all to you. I went, yeah, sure, thinking this would be a great sermon illustration. And so <laughs> we jumped in the back of a pickup truck, loaded up like we were, you know, off on some kind of African trip. And up we went out of the valley, the coulee. And as we went up, we ended up on the prairies and we sat in this field in this massive pickup truck in the back and we watched the clouds move and work and he'd be there. He was so wonderful, such a geek. I loved him. He knew everything about these clouds. It was a brilliant. He's saying, look at this cloud. Don't have to worry about that one. That's about 15 miles away. I went, whoa. He said, that one could be dangerous. And then, and then he said, look at that funnel. See how that funnel's forming? I go, yeah. He said, it's all right. Don't worry about the funnel. Only worry if it touches down. I said, ah, what do you do again? Tim Hortons? No. And, and it was glorious. And it was awe-inspiring. And it was freezing cold. And the hot, glorious day turned dark. And it, people were terrified. Yet the person that stood with me as he spoke gave me a reassuring sense of peace. That's exactly what we have in Christ. It's the one that stands next to you that makes all the difference. 
It's the one that is present. It's the one that talks to you. It's the one that stands next to you. And the shoes of the gospel of peace. You notice the words together? The gospel brings peace. And the reason the gospel brings peace is this. is because of who stands next to you in life. You may see the clouds. You may see the funnels moving. You may see the pain and the difficulty. You may understand all of this. But when you have Christ Jesus next to you, he is the one whispering in your ear. You have a hope. You have a firm footing. He will be with you. He will protect you. He will be with you on the long march. He will be there. And in the Christ's death on the cross, in the atonement... He promises us that we have peace with God, peace within, and peace with others. And maybe you're not having that peace. Maybe it's tough for you. Maybe you're anxious regularly. Maybe you've never really learned to step in and to trust the peace or the voice of Jesus Christ next to you. See, a lot of us live in an, a sense of anxiety. We live in difficulty. And, and this may surprise you that the one thing that helps us connect into the peace of God is a word I want to mention to you, but it's something we've become increasingly unable to practice. And this word is, and when you understand this word, it brings freedom, it brings life, it brings a sense of closeness. And it's a word that we find in the 21st century so difficult, so, so hard. It's a word that every mother loves, by the way. And the word is this, silence. True? But you know, when we understand the peace of God and what Christ has done, the most beautiful thing that can take place in our lives is that we step into silence. A sense of wonder, a sense of awe, a sense of closeness. Have you cooked? Chapter 2 and verse 20 says this. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Look at this. What a beautiful uh, prophetic word of talking about that the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth simply be silent before the God of heaven. You know something? We don't have a temple anymore. In fact, the Jewish temple was destroyed in 70 AD. We know that. And now there are synagogues. And now there are churches. There's not a temple in Jerusalem. It no longer exists. There was the first temple and that was destroyed. There was the second temple era where the prophetic word comes from. And that was destroyed. And there is no temple. But you know what? God loves it when we are willing to be silent before him. And when we're silent before him, we can experience the peace of God within our lives. There may not be a temple in Jerusalem, but the scripture clearly teaches that you and I are the bricks and we are the temple of the living God. And we've got to learn within our own life, within our own temple, to step in and enjoy that sense of wonder, that sense of silence before the living God. I mean, our world is 
full of noise. Your phones, your updates, your pinging, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have them all. You can follow me on all of those things. Just send me a a friend request and I will befriend you. Well, most of you. And... And it's, it's amazing, but you know what? I can spend so much time looking at the pings, looking at this. What's this person saying? Flicking through on my smartphone that robs me. That in our society, we forget what it is to sit in the temple with the Lord and know his silence. And you know, when you're in the temple with the Lord, there is something that remarkably happens, incredibly, that happens in our lives. And what's that? Well... In 1 Kings 19, we had the great story, of course, of the moment when Elijah was in the cave. And as he was in the cave, there was the earthquake. And as he was in the cave, there came the fire. But as he was in the cave, afterwards, God was not in any of those spectacular things. What God was in was in the whisper. You see, we fail to hear the whisper because we fail to be silent before the living God. We fail to hear the whisper and we fail to step into peace because we are not practicing a sense of actually, am I listening? See, the gospel brings peace with God. We have a relationship with God. But to continue that relationship, we have to learn to live in peace. We've got to learn to function in peace. We've got to learn to go to God and be there. And for many of us, we just do not spend any time in peaceful silence before God, our creator. God loves it because when you spend that precious time with the Lord Jesus Christ in what the gospel has purchased to us and we're alone in his presence and there is silence, there comes the whisper of God. And let me tell you something. When you hear God's whisper through scripture, when you hear God's whisper through something that comes into your mind, when you hear God's whisper through something that is quickened, brought into your heart, isn't those words, that whisper, doesn't that get rid of your anxiety, get rid of your anxiousness, get rid of your worry because you've heard the voice of the God that loves you who is seated in heaven and you've taken time to be alone with him. We've got to be willing to do this. Maybe you're not a Christian, you don't understand this, but let me put it this way. There's a God in heaven that loves his creation and wants to come and visit you. He wants to engage with you. And sometimes it means we've got to stop what we're doing, switch off our notifications, turn our world off, and concentrate on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, even in heaven, all all of heaven is silent. There's that glorious moment as you plow your way through the shifting and moving, the changing of the book of Revelation. Suddenly, in chapter 8, verse 1, the verse explodes. When he opens the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Wow. Wow. Even heaven is silent at times. 
Now, I'm an extrovert. I love to talk to people. I am talkative. As you know. And I can preach for a long time. And... But I've had to learn as an extrovert, as a person who is energized by being around other people, as a person that loves to hear other people's stories, I have enjoyed over the last 17, 18 years learning to sit in quietness and in his presence and touching heaven in peace and allowing the whisper to come and allowing my temple where the Holy Spirit dwells to know God's peace in my life. And believe me, I've needed God's peace in my life. You and I, we need God's peace. And he wants to give us that. I mean, at first it was difficult I'd go on my long prayer walks and I'd come across, I started to sit in an ancient parish church nestled in a small village. The church was built about 800 years ago and I'd sit there surrounded by the cold stone and I would sit and I would say, I'm going to sit for one hour. I'm going to meditate on the beauty of Jesus and the work of the cross. And I'm going to sit here. Oh, it was so tough. 17 years ago, my brain would be going mad. I'd be thinking about this. I'd be thinking about that. I'd be dreaming about McDonald's. Every, I was very unhealthy back then. And, and it, was, it took me a while to actually learn to just be with Jesus. You can, you need it. Be with Jesus. Jesus needed to be with his father. Beautiful verse in Luke chapter 5. And there in Luke chapter 5 verse 16, he talks about that Jesus often, often, often withdrew to a place, to a lonely place and prayed. You know, Canadians, we should be the godliest people in the world because we have more lonely places than anybody else. Apart from the Russians, come on. We can go anywhere. I can go 10 minutes into the bush and I'm in a lonely place. Well, apart from the bears and the cougars. Anyway, and I can find a lonely place. Well, you can find a lonely place in your beautiful yard. You can find a lonely place sat on your deck. I don't know where your lonely place is, but when you find a a lonely place where there's no distractions. Do you know who turns up to want to be with you? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We need the peace of God in the 21st century. And the gospel affords this wonderful blessing that the peace of the gospel is not only through salvation, but it gives us peace within. So we've got to learn to stop watching the clock. We've got to learn to switch it off. We've got to learn, maybe to learn to take longer walks and sit on a bench. My friends, spiritual retreats are not only for the pastoral people. All of you can go and have a 24-hour retreat. You can have a day away with God. God loves being with you. God loves 
to listen to your petitions. He loves to listen to your prayers. We have peace within. How do we get peace within then? If we have peace with God, how do we get peace within? Well, Romans 8 tells us this, 28. It talks about that we need to realize that all things work together and that's for those who love him. And by being with him, we love him. And by being in his peace, we drive back the darkness by understanding this and we, we understand and it's, it's that process of really trusting that God is with you. We've got to trust that when it says in Philippians 4 and verse 4 through to 7, rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Isn't that a great verse I could just preach on? Just be gentle. Just be gentle with people. The Lord is near when you're gentle and you're rejoicing. The Lord is near. And it goes on. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If you're not carving time out to pray, if you're not carving time out to engage in the peace of God, then you will lack inner peace that comes through the gospel. The gospel saves our souls so we can be a people that know the peace of God within us. We need that. One of the key words of knowing the peace of God is another word. I've talked about silence, but let me give you another S word this morning. Simplicity. Sometimes we so overcomplicate our whole life that we have no room for God. Sometimes we create convoluted activity, confusing lifestyles, complex activities, and the one that is left out is loving and being in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Has your life become so complicated that you've lost the simplicity of being close to the Lord Jesus Christ? Silence and simplicity as you sit around the reality of the cross changes our lives. It brings his presence. You see, here's a verse A little quote, simplicity cultivates the great art of letting go. Stop holding it, let it go. Let it go to God. Simplicity simplicity aims at loosening the ornate attachments of owning and having. Simplicity brings freedom with its generosity, the desire is to be uncomplicated life and to focus on what really matters, the peace with God brought in Christ. Now, I know we have busy worlds. I know we have demanding jobs. I know we have families that go in every direction. But don't sacrifice on the altar of 
complexity of life and consumerism, your time to be silent and listen to the whisper and your time to have simplicity reigning within your life because he wants to come. He wants to reach out into our hearts. He wants to minister to us. He wants to bring us this peace. He doesn't want us to be full of this anxiety. He doesn't want us to live a life that is is ripped with a sense of uh, it's never going to come right. We need to realize that God has it, that God has that problem, that God is with you in that difficulty, that God desires to guide you and to lead you and to be in your life. I mean, this is important even as we think about the beauty of Mother's Day. That in our homes, we foster a sense of God's presence. In our marriages, where you become comfortable. You know, you really know when there's a sense in the marriage when there's that connection because you become comfortable with just sitting quietly with each other. And there's that sense that we have that when we learn to come and sit quietly with the Lord. See, the gospel comes into our lives and also we then have peace with others. Colossians talks about this, doesn't it? It talks about bearing with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave. I have noticed that often the lack of peace in our lives can be directly related to the conflict we have and the anger and frustration we have towards other people around us. We've got to have that willingness to let go to talk through difficulties, to forgive and let go of the grievances and allow the love of God to come and decide that I want that baptism of God's love. And in every response and every situation, I desire to walk in forgiveness. I desire to walk in God's love. I desire to know his presence. If peace was a location, I would want to build a house there. True? Who doesn't want to live in peace? I'd want to build a house there. And we we love building houses. We love to to develop a house and we love to, to, to plan it and the architect. But I'll tell you what, if there was a land called peace, I want to dwell there. I want to build my house there. I would want to raise my children there. I would want to be there. But let me tell you, there is a place called peace and he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the prince of peace. When you have Christ, you have the Prince of Peace at the center of your life. But what do you have to do when you build a house? Now I'm on dangerous territory here because I haven't got a clue. I can just watch what we do when we build houses because there's so many house builders in our church, so many builders. Amazing. 
Well, you've got to bring a bulldozer in, I've noticed that. A big cat, or if you prefer, a JCB. And you bring it in and you, you have to push the rubble and the garbage. And you have to landscape to be able to build the house in the correct place. You've got to get the foundations correct. And you know what? In our own lives, we have to understand that there are areas of our lives because we do not live in peace. There are areas of our lives where we need to bring the bulldozer of heaven to drag and to pull up those rubble, get rid of that weeds, get rid of all of that garbage and start to get the foundations right so we can build a, a place in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is what God wants to give you. Peace he wants to give you a firm footing for life. And you have to decide this morning, am I going to continue to live with the pains and the anxieties or am I going to hand it over and let go? Am I willing to reorganize my life this week, just do it this week, in such a way that I gain a spot of silence and closeness and Bible reading before the living God? Am I willing to look at the way I run my life and build simplicity back into it so I can be close to my Savior? And am I willing to let go of those things, those people that I've locked up in, a, in my own mental jailhouse where I've condemned them, where they've hurt me, but I open the prison doors and say, I let you go now. I forgive. I walk in love because I've got peace with God. I've got peace within and I want to have peace with those around me. I choose to live this Christian way. I choose to bulldoze out the garbage and the rubbish. And if you're wondering how you do that, well, that's why we run Encounter God twice, three times a year. That's why as a pastoral team, we all engage in it. Because we want to be honest, life hurts us. Life damages us. And we need to be willing to hand that hurt and that damage over to the Prince of Peace. What about you? Maybe you're not a Christian, but you like what you're hearing. You could do with a bit of peace. You'll only truly find it when you have Jesus. Maybe you need to connect in. Maybe you've been a tormented casualty, a Christian, but you're a casualty of the war in this world. And there's no peace. There's just anxiety and worry. Give it to the Prince of Peace. Hand it over. Allow him to come close to you. Let's pray together. as we pause in prayer next week we will be lingering and thinking about the shield of faith and this will all start to come together with all the pieces of armor about the Christian life faith for all of this faith for the battle so if you're missing a component the next two weeks are critical but Lord, 
this morning as we start to worship. Lord, this morning as we spend the rest of this service together allowing the peace of God to come. I pray, Lord, that you will minister to each person here by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe for a moment in your own life, you're lacking peace. You need a touch of heaven for the peace of the Lord to come to you. Ask him to come and minister his peace with you. Minister his presence. Ask him to come and take away that anxiety. As we sing these final songs, don't rush off. Allow the Lord to minister to you in the next 15 or so minutes and come and plant something profound and beautiful in your heart. Lord, I pray for all of us that we will know and that we will walk in your peace and that we will know your presence amongst us, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen.